Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. COVID-19 treatment device gives errors in people with dark skin. Ay, ay, ay. Another. Uh-oh. Doc Riggs is just like, okay, here we go. Here All we right. Go. As more and more people are getting sick with COVID-19, fingertip medical devices used to detect the level of oxygen in the blood are becoming more commonplace in homes. Unfortunately, these machines, which are called pulse oximeters, can sometimes give incorrect readings in people with dark skin. Doc Riggs, we... Talked about pulse oxes, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. No, yeah, incessantly. We, we well, we've been pushing it the whole time. You, you know how we know that it, it's real. The and people are tired and they're COVID fatigued. The the price on Amazon and the price of of pulse oximeters has gone down dramatically. Oh, hasn't, yeah. It's like twenty five bucks now. Yeah, when we were first looking at them, they were all one hundred seventy five. Yeah. yeah, so. Doctors at the University of Michigan Hospital came across this issue this year when they received an influx of COVID-19 patients from Detroit's overflowing hospitals. Many of these patients are black. The doctors noticed that when using the pulse oximeter, oxygen readings were sometimes off when compared with the blood test that measures blood gases. Huh. So the doctors started gathering data. Okay. Or data, as you like to say. Comparing these readings in light-skinned people versus dark-skinned people. They measured how often a normal pulse oximeter reading actually came from someone with a low oxygen level as measured in an artery. The shocking results showed that in black patients, the readings were three times, three times as likely to be incorrect. Jeez. The doctors then followed up with additional research and looked at another 37,000 measurements taken from 178 intensive care units. Alarmingly, about 12% of the time, normal readings were actually incorrect. My goodness. Now, doctors suspect that the reason behind this is the color of light that's used in a pulse oximeter can be absorbed by skin pigment. The Associate Dean for Health Equity at the University of Texas in Austin agrees that this discrepancy is about skin color. Of course, and I feel like I don't need to say it, but I should, not about race. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. There's so much, but yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah me, I got you. We keep going. Yeah. The concerning issue of the finding means that darker skinned individuals can be receiving incorrect results if they rely only on these at-home devices in lieu of receiving medical care. While these devices are valuable tools, it's important to look at their results as just one piece of the puzzle. Okay, I get that. So the bottom line here is if you have coronavirus, if you have dark skin, and you feel really short of breath, but you're getting an acceptable oxygen saturation reading of, let's say, 92% or more on your pulse oximeter, please pay more attention to your shortness of breath rather than what the readings say and seek medical attention. Doc Griggs can attest to this. We always say in medical school, we're taught, Look at the patient, not the numbers. Not the numbers. (laughs) 
Some recovered COVID-19 patients may need heart screenings before exercising. We talk about this all the time. I personally have a friend who was healthy. He's in his 50s. No meds. Healthy fitness guru is on medications now. Is on blood pressure medications now because he's post-COVID. Post-COVID. Hmm. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle, and it's been found to be a complication of COVID-19 for some people. Doctors are concerned about patients returning to physical activity safely as exercising and myocarditis can lead to irregular heartbeats and sudden cardiac death. As a result, the American College of Cardiology published guidance that recommends tailored return-to-play advice for competitive sports athletes, high school athletes, and recreational master's athletes. That is people over age 35 who train or participate in running, swimming, cycling, weightlifting, or other competitions designed for adults in their age category. Now, the recommendations are physician consultations and heart screening for athletes who had moderate to severe COVID-19. Now, heart screening is recommended for people who had cases that were asymptomatic or mild. Now, mild illness, such as symptoms as headache, loss of taste or smell, cough or sore throat, but not the more serious systemic symptoms such as persistent fever chills, severe fatigue, pneumonia, or chest pain. The screening is very important as upwards of 20% of patients that were hospitalized with COVID-19 develop myocarditis. Wow. Unfortunately, doctors don't know the prevalence of myocarditis in athletes or other people who are asymptomatic or have only mild symptoms. So the full extent of any damage and the implications are still unclear at this time. Now, healthy people who are asymptomatic or have mild COVID with no underlying health conditions or lingering symptoms are likely to return to gradual exercise safely as long as they don't overdo it. Now, a good rule to start is 50% of the amount of activity that you were doing previously and then gradually increase to 10% per week. Listen to what your body's telling you and seek medical advice if needed. So folks, this is a very serious serious condition and it's a very serious consideration there is in the news currently an athlete uh Keontae johnson a basketball, basketball player that collapsed on the floor in florida right yes and they uh they, it did come out it was t- today actually uh they made the link between covid19 and he had myocarditis no right he had the infection six six months ago right. roughly six months ago they diagnosed him with the myocarditis right so y'all need to be careful out there thank you Toddlers raised in quarantine. Now, the pandemic has kept many feeling or actually being physically isolated for over nine months now of both adults, teens, and children who've been holding out the hope that things will return to normal at some point soon. On the other hand, toddlers have spent much of their lives living in the new normal, and we're beginning to see what they're missing out on and that this is many essential and formative experiences. An antidote for Matt Richel's story, Childhood Without Other Children, Children, a generation is raised in quarantine in the New York Times, highlights the impact of isolation on toddlers. A toddler with her mother said, uh-oh, people, as another family walked in their direction. Children are learning to be afraid of people rather than learning to interact with them. Families have decided to forego daycare, enrollment, day trips to the parks, birthday parties, and play dates to stay protected from COVID-19 exposure. But it's an unfortunate consequence to remain safe from COVID-19, and especially since these toddlers do not have that social interaction that they need. 
But of course we know that social interaction is very valuable for brain development in toddlers. Even the exchange of a few words or sharing of a ball can facilitate the development of brain structure and connectivity. Some believe that the lack of interaction with others and signals of fear related to being around other people may be sending the wrong messages to toddlers. As cases of COVID-19 rise and surge, many parks are closing, and even some of the ways we were relying on to see others during COVID-19 in a safe way are beginning to disappear. That makes positive and loving interactions with parents all the more important to support toddlers' development during the pandemic. That's right. Developmental researchers at one point did study the long-term impacts of the Great Depression. Now, research conducted in 1974 followed people who were young children during that Great Depression. It showed that children were very resilient in the middle years of their lives after the Great Depression. However, toddlers of COVID-19 pandemic will likely follow a similar trajectory and demonstrate resilience in their development in the post-COVID era. This is a story that will definitively continue to follow. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.